Welcome everyone to today's devotion, John chapter 20. Uh, there's only 21 chapters in John, so Lord willing we will finish uh, Monday. Um, I failed to look to see where we're going from here, um, but soon we'll be, I think, in the book of Revelation. Uh, but in John chapter 20, we see the resurrection of Jesus. So chapter 19 is his death, chapter 20 is his resurrection. And um, the opening line is important. Now, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And there's a lot there. Um, that that seems insignificant, but, but but remember, John, I think more than the other gospels, uh, develops these themes. They find their climax in the death and resurrection of Jesus, um, but but you won't see them in these two chapters un- unless you have um, been paying attention to them. Uh, two things worth noting here: one, the emphasis that this is the first day of the week. We'll see this twice. The the other is in verse 19. So at least twice we see this emphasis that it is the first day of the week, Sunday. Now remember, the Sabbath is not Sunday. You can open up any calendar you want. Sunday is the first day of the week. Saturday is the last day of the week. Sabbath is the seventh day. Um, the reason we worship on Sundays is because Jesus was raised from the dead. Every time we gather to worship on a Sunday, we are worshiping in light and because of the resurrection of Jesus. That's why Easter always lands on a Sunday. Um, and and so uh, what Christians did, in fact, I think this is a, an evidence for the, the historicity of the resurrection. The first Christians were Jews, and they were used to uh, resting on Saturday, worshiping on Saturday. They... Uh, continued that tradition as Jews, uh, but then they added a day of worship on Sunday. And although everyone else was back to work on Sunday, they would rise early in order to gather as believers uh, before going to, to work. And so what Christians have done in America is we have two days off based that weekend. And that comes from uh, this tradition of needing a day of rest, but also still having a, a day of, of worship. Um, and so that's how we get the Saturday-Sunday tradition. Otherwise, we'd be working um, Monday to Saturday um, and uh, off on Sunday. So you work five days instead of six in America. Um, but but not only is, is that important, but go back to the broader theology of the Bible. We said yesterday at the end of chapter 19 that the Bible opens in the garden and the story of Jesus climaxes in a garden, right? So So in the Garden of Eden, you have... Uh, a garden of life that uh, mankind brings death into. So out of the garden comes death. But in the story of Jesus, which you have is a place of death, a cemetery where a tomb is. But out of that comes life, and you have the garden uh, emphasizing that. So the end of chapter 19 to the first, um, uh, really 18 verses of, of chapter 20, you have at the center of this not the empty tomb, but really the garden. Here's Jesus walking in the garden. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, But also notice that it is still dark. It's early in the morning before the sun has risen. I'm sure it's before daylight savings time or whatever it is that we're at right now in in the fall and winter. Um, And that detail is important. Why? Because Mary sees the tomb is empty while it is still dark. She is in the light. She's looking for the light. And she, she realizes, or at least theologically, we realize that Jesus is light of the world, is risen from the dead in the darkness. The tomb, inside the tomb is dark. We talked about that with Lazarus. But now we see it that he is risen from the dead 
though it is dark outside. She says they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. She tells Peter, uh, we need to notice here, their first reaction was, hey, look, Jesus is alive. Their first reaction is, dead people don't come back to life. Someone stole the body. Right. So, so the first critics are the first believers. Um, so Peter went out the, with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple, this is John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Now, why is that detail there? A lot of people like to point out in John's gospel, there is a hint of um, rivalry between Peter and John. And this is my favorite example of that. There's, there's a few other examples, um, but this is certainly a, a fun one. And it goes back and forth. John gets there first. But Peter goes inside, so he's the winner. But John got there first, so he's the winner. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a goofy sort of story. Jesus appears to Mary in the garden, verses 11 to, to 18. I don't want to spend forever on that. Um, I trust you're familiar with it. Um, but then we get the story of Doubting Thomas, starting in verse 19. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week. Uh, so, so what we have here then is a new creation. Jesus' logos is beginning a new creation. So day one, there was darkness. Now there is light. So this is a very important detail you're getting in John's gospel. And so uh, Jesus, um, he, he, he's the fulfillment of creation itself. Um, and so in, in Revelation, what we see is a new heavens and new earth and a new Jerusalem. That really begins here, where Jesus institutes a new kingdom, with a new creation. So it has to happen on day one where he brings light out of darkness with his resurrection. Uh, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. Um, now what is important here, uh, it's repeated in verse 21, Peace be with you, is that word peace. Jesus is risen from the dead. Uh, the disciples are still afraid. Uh, word is starting to get out what is happening. Peter and John have been to the tomb, but the other disciples don't don't seem to really understand what's happening. They're still hiding because uh, they think that they're they're next. Um, but Jesus speaks peace. Now, now the Hebrew word here is shalom. Now, I know this is in Greek, but but the Hebrew theology of shalom is declared by Jesus. Shalom is more than the absence of conflict, but rather it is a broader hope of the world that we can go back to the garden and Jesus declares it is done here peace be with you shalom be with you and here you have people who are scared to death and Jesus gives them peace remember that peace and love and contentment and joy and satisfaction all that is not rooted in our circumstances it is found in Christ um, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. This is John's Great Commission. And we've talked about this briefly. Uh, in John's uh, the theology of missions, the Father sends the Son, the Son sends disciples. And we are his disciples. So as the Father sent the Son, he now sends us. And then Thomas isn't there for that first viewing, but then Jesus shows up, um, or then now Thomas shows up. Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin. We don't know who his twin brother is. Was not with him when Jesus came, so the other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord, but he said, Unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails, place my finger in the marks of the nails, and place my hand to his side, I'll never believe. So he was saying here is, first of all, um, it's, it's a crude joke, and it is. Or he thinks you, what you've seen is an aberration. It's been three days. His spirit's still near the body. Remember we talked about Lazarus. Um, and so until I can touch his hands and, 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 and see the scars... And know it's real. I won't believe. Notice, Thomas wants a physical resurrection. 
because spiritual resurrections ain't going to help you at all. Um, what you need is a physical resurrection where a new creation um, overcomes the old. And so Jesus shows up. I trust you, you're familiar with, with, with the story. He shows up and he invites Thomas to, to touch him. Now, what is important is we call him Doubting Thomas because he has to touch and all that. That's unfortunate. That's not really his personality to be a Doubting Thomas. What you'll notice in verse uh, 20, Jesus does the same thing with the uh, 10 disciples because Judas is already gone. So he invites them. Hey, here's the scars. Here's, here's the spear in the side. Here's, here's the markings that, I, that it's really me. Um, and, and so Thomas gets picked on because he's more vocal about it. Um, but the other disciples had, had to go through the same process. Now, Thomas's answer is important. Remember, Logos, life, light, lamb. So we've seen the lamb emphasis in chapters 19, or, yeah, chapter 19 with the death of Jesus. Um, and now we see um, a clear statement that Jesus is Logos. And we've seen the I am statements and all that. Thomas answers Jesus, my Lord and my God. There's really two ways to read this. One, it's a confession of faith. Two, it's taking the Lord's name in vain. Now, if you're a Jehovah Witness or you're familiar with, with that movement, they interpret this passage as Thomas um, using the Lord's name in vain. And that's blasphemy. John doesn't want us to see Thomas as a blasphemer but as one who confesses faith in Jesus. He's been raised bodily from the dead. He is Lord. He is God. Now, in Jehovah's Witness theology, Jesus isn't fully divine because he's the firstborn of creation. So they deny the full deity of, of Jesus. Um, Jesus says, Have you believed because you see me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Hey, guys, that's us. How blessed we are. But then notice how this chapter ends. Now, Jesus did many other signs, there's that word, in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Now, notice this is a conclusion. It's not the last chapter. Um, and so there's debate regarding chapter 21. Is it an appendix? Was it the original conclusion? What, what's happening in chapter 21? And we're not going to be able to answer those questions in these devotions, but we'll look at it uh, Monday, Lord willing. Uh, but what is important here is John is very explicit, more than the other Gospels, why he wrote this Gospel. He wrote this Gospel so that you would see the signs, and we've talked about each of those. The uh, turn water into wine, feeding the 5,000, opening the eyes of the blind, raising Lazarus, all those. There's seven major signs culminating in the resurrection of Jesus. That's the last sign, the last of the seven major signs. These were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Notice the, the life language there. And we have followed this throughout the entire book, and this is why. Because when you follow Logos, Life, Light, Lamb, you are doing precisely what John wants you to do, to see these themes culminating in the resurrection so that with Thomas, you can declare, my Lord, my God. And in believing, you have life. Not eternal life that happens when we die, but eternal life that happens even now in this broken world. Because now we join a resurrected Jesus in a new creation that's overcoming the ode. Hope to see you guys here Monday.